Hi friend, this is Alex McRobbs, founder of The Mindful Life Practice, and you're listening to the Sober Yoga Girl podcast. I'm a Canadian who moved across the world at age 23 and I never went back. I got sober in 2019 and I realized that there was no one talking about sobriety in Dubai and Abu Dhabi, so I started doing it. I now live in Bali, Indonesia, and full-time run my community, The Mindful Life Practice. I host online sober yoga challenges, yoga teacher trainings, and I work one-on-one with others, helping them break up with booze for good. In this podcast, I sit down with others in the sobriety and mental health space from all walks of life and hear their stories so that I can help you on your journey. You're not alone, and a sober life can be fun and fulfilling. Let me show you how. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Sober Yoga Girl. I am here today with one of my guests who has been on the show a couple of times already, but you guys all love him, Dan, my psychic. Dan and I met back, I think it's like my three-year Daniversary. Oh my God, Daniversary. <laughs> I just made that up. It's around my three-year Daniversary. So I met Dan about three years ago, right when I was getting sober. And Uh, really set me on the path to a lot of the steps I took. And I mean, pretty much everything to be where I am now, which is really cool. So if you haven't listened to the earlier episodes where I had Dan on kind of telling my story, I'll put a link in so you can go back and hear a bit about my story and his journey. But Dan is an intuitive healer, a traveling psychic. He is splits his time between Dubai and India and Canada. And he's here today to chat with us about words. Hi, everyone. It's great to be back, Alex. I mean, um, I think that uh, before we even start chatting or before we even get into uh, the podcast, it's always great to speak to Alex because pre the podcast, we always have a little chat with each other and there's always a new perspective for Alex. Mm -hmm. And uh, even today, the same thing happened. Her perspective changed in minutes. Yeah, yes. um, so as we're talking about words today, and we're talking about how, how words impact us and how words actually create a narrative that we kind of draw ourselves towards without us wanting to maybe be on that narrative, but we end up doing that. I keep talking about, you know, watch the words that you say because they kind of lay down a path for you. I mean, me and Alex really didn't have a conversation about what the chat was going to be like today, but we did uh, speak about a post that I had put up a couple of weeks ago or about a month ago where I had put up a picture of myself and I said something about, you know, feeling highly emotional. And from me stating me being highly emotional, with a beautiful photograph, by the way, uh, <laughs> I, um, I got a lot of messages from family members and friends saying that, you know, we're here for you. If you need to speak, if you need anything, you know, we love you, we care for you. And with all my heart, I was so happy to see that. But then I was also thinking, why did the word emotional trigger everybody to reach mm-hmm. out to me? Because I wasn't talking about emotional from a bad point of view. I was just saying that I'm emotional, but emotional may be in a good way. There's a lot of things that happened that week that were very emotional for me, but emotional in a good way. They brought out these different emotions that I haven't had before. And it felt good to be churning in these emotions. 
So basically what happened was it was the death anniversary of my grandmother, my maternal grandmother. And um, she's died for a few years, but my cousin had posted something uh, on a story on one of the social media sites. And um, I was at home and I was like, wow, I didn't realize. And I had a picture of her, so I picked up the picture. It was also a very spiritual day or religious day for my religious belief on that, that day. And I just looked at her picture and I think I started grieving and I haven't grieved her in, in so many years. I haven't grieved her even when she, but I started grieving her. And then I smiled and I turned a picture around for some reason. And on the back of that picture was a prayer. And that prayer was significant to the you know significance of that day it was a prayer for that same same deity or the same god and i was like wow that's shocking because i didn't even realize that it was there that happened and then a few days after that i have uh, a part of a mentorship program uh for a private members club here uh in india and i was working with the mentees and there's something about them that really touched me and it got me it got me emotional but it also made me proactive that i needed to do a lot more for them and i wanted to do things uh, that were outside of their own space of getting it done and um, that proactiveness made me speak to a lot of people and talk to a lot of people and you know i had to regurgitate these stories of these uh kids uh but it made me feel very uh, emotional because I felt happy that I was trying to help them. But the emotions that I was getting was uh, emotion of sadness, an emotion of happiness, an emotion of calmness also. I mean, there's all these emotions at the same time. So obviously that means emotional right feeling so many emotions at one time you're getting emotional and then um, on the seventh of every month i kind of post a picture of myself as gratitude to myself as love to myself and vanity to myself because i always felt that i wasn't while i was growing up i never felt that i was attractive and uh so I was like, this has to be, uh, then I put down these words and it was framed in a beautiful way. And I just let it, let the world see it. But everybody getting back to me and giving me the love and the support was beautiful. It was amazing that everybody wanted to do that. But it made me also think that why did this word conjure up such a big stir in everybody for them to fear the worst? Because it wasn't mm. the worst. So I, when I was speaking to Alex, I said, you know, words kind of really dictate how we position ourselves or how we kind of move forward in life. I think in one of the podcasts that Alex and I had done, we spoke about this briefly. And, uh, you know, we were saying that why are certain words like death so uh, heavy? And why don't, you know, if, if we use the same word instead of saying death and said bubble gum, it changes the ideology of the whole thing, right? We kind of change the, the way we feel about something when we say bubblegum instead of death. So, you know, 
my uh, grandmother passed away a few years ago, um, instead of saying dad, I said, you know, my, well, I used to call her nanny. So nanny basically bubble gummed her way out. So now I've made this into this more <laughs> humorous way of looking at it. Though it's a sad moment. But again, I've changed that ideology of that word being so heavy, you know, and we have many words like being, you know, selfish. Selfish mm -hmm. is a word that everybody says is a bad thing. You shouldn't be selfish. You shouldn't be, uh, you know, you should only not, not only think about yourself, you should think about everything. But in hindsight, it's good to be selfish. It's good to spend time with yourself and give yourself love and give yourself mm -hmm. compassion and kindness and give yourself rewards and give yourself treats and give yourself trips and give yourself happiness. That's a part of being selfish. Or if we change the word to being self-full, then we're self-full. But then selfish just makes it seem like it's such a bad thing, right? Yeah. Do you agree, Alice? I love that, self-full. I want to take that. You take it and run with it. <laughs> Selfful self instead of selfish. It's so great because we think that when we're being selfish, it's like we're only thinking about ourselves. But the reality is that we can't take care of others. We can't provide for others unless we're providing for ourselves. And I think that's like a huge thing that people have missed or definitely wasn't modeled for me in my childhood was like prioritizing ourselves. Selfful. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to you've got to change, you know, the vocabulary we put out. Spoken about this a few times already, but the dialogue, the internal dialogue we have with ourselves, we've got to be a little bit more conscientious about what we're saying to ourselves, also, yeah. and the words we're saying to ourselves. How we're, you know, making a path forward. You know, are we putting down the right words for what has to happen next? Are we living in the moment, or are we just assuming and presuming about the future are we thinking about things that really don't matter in the now but if they don't matter in the now what does matter what does matter is that i'm kind to myself what matters is then when i speak about myself to myself i hold myself in greatest regard does that make sense mm -hmm. that i hold my work in the greatest regard i can be critical i can analyze it but I need to be able to hold my own words and the way I project myself internally at a, at a way that vibrates so beautifully inside of me that also vibrates out and creates this beautiful vibration of abundance around me or happiness about me. Yes, we can't be happy and go lucky and be skipping uh, down a trail every day but we could be kinder to ourselves and not use words that put ourselves down like you know i look at myself in the mirror and i said oh my god i've got a line here oh god i've gotten you know uh, a gray hair i'm looking so old i'm looking so so now instead of saying i'm looking so old i look at my gray hair and i said oh okay um wow aren't i ripening really well <laughs> so now I've changed the dialogue from like, I'm getting really old to, aren't I ripening myself really well? So now it's, you know, you're articulating yourself differently to yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that we're using words and we're thinking about the words I used for myself. And I don't allow anything to um, 
snowball into big, a, a bigger issue or a bigger problem. You know, um, when we're talking to our families and, you know, you're under the weather, you know, I'm sick. I've got a cold, I've got this, I've got, I'm not feeling well. You know, they're concerned, they'll send you a cup of tea, they'll send you a cup of, well, I was going to say a cup of tea, but they're probably going to send you some soup or they're going to send you whatever you need. Maybe they're going to send you lozenges or they'll send you something. They'll, they'll send you some food or they'll send you medicine. They'll do something. Um, but then also when we, when we talk about being sick, uh, how are we talking about being sick? Are we saying that we're, we're, uh, we're in pain or sad or so we articulate ourselves. Instead of saying sick, I'll speak to my mom and I said, hey, mom, have a little flu, um, a little congested, it's going to get over, I'm good. But that word sick becomes even bigger, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It's like, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. I, yeah. um, I've been thinking a lot about, you know, so I did my Instagram post and Instagram story the other day about having bipolar and... I've been thinking a lot about how, you know, when I started experiencing moods and I started identifying it as bipolar, I think it started to become this self-fulfilling prophecy where I was like, this is what it is. And it's always going to be like this. And every low got way lower and every high got way higher. And now I think the self-fulfilling prophecy is, is saying like, you know, I have recovered from it. And like, I do have, like, I do have emotional struggles from time to time, but I, the words that I use to describe how I'm doing dictate the whole experience. And yeah. I think there's a lot of things like that, like the words that we use, the words that we, it's something that comes up a lot in my work around mental health and sobriety, you know, cause even like the very word you choose over, whether you're sober, whether you're alcohol free, whether you're dry, like that has certain weight and certain connotations around it that can shape people's opinions of what they think you are correct and you're using a word like be, being bipolar um yeah you could be diagnosed with it you could have gone to a psychiatrist and gotten this or a neurologist or whoever to get it done but am i force fitting a problem within my life am i kind of molding a problem into my life and saying hey because i'm i have high emotions and low emotion that means i'm bipolar is that my is that the meaning of it is that where i came to that conclusion i could also be diagnosed with it i could be diagnosed with it and somebody would say yeah you're bipolar and then i also preempt those type of scenarios for myself or mm -hmm. preempt those kind of symptoms for myself because mm -hmm. somebody's told me that so now yeah. again i'm i'm kind of driving my destiny yeah. towards that direction so then everything has to do with that Mm -hmm. There's some things that I don't speak about with you, Alex, and most people don't know this, but I'm dyslexic. I'm highly dyslexic. And I've been dyslexic since I was a kid. But you wouldn't realize that. I also had a little problem of self-esteem and stuttering at some point, but nobody would really understand that because I didn't focus on that. Mm -hmm. Do I use dyslexia as a challenge? No, no. I wear dyslexia on my sleeve like it's part of my superpowers. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, I, I, I have it. Um, it's a part of me, um, but it's not a negative part of me. Mm -hmm.
Alex has mood swings. She has super highs and super lows, and she has medium swings also. <laughs> but those 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 mood swings that Alex has are the mood swings because of a mental health issue. Is the mood swings because she didn't do the yoga the way she should have done the yoga? Is it because she's analyzing so much? Is it that she's sitting in her thoughts so much that she's gotten herself down to a lower level? Did she have her lunch that day? Did she have her breakfast? Maybe、mm -hmm. she didn't do what she needed to do. Maybe the、yeah. consistency in her life wasn't there, and because she didn't stay consistent within what she needed to do for herself, her mood went low. So now, does that mean Alex is bipolar, or does that mean Alex is not consistent? It means Alex wasn't consistent. Mm -hmm. And the truth could be, both truths could be valid. You know, both truths could be valid.、Mm -hmm. I agree with you. Both truths could be valid. You could actually have an emotional, mental disruption that brings you all the way down. But now, when it brings me all of the way down, logically or illogically, what did I do to make myself feel better? Did、yes. I come out of、yes. it? And What did I do to do those things to come back out of that? So the pro the problem isn't、uh, yes. being bipolar or having a mental health issue. The issue is being consistent to recover、yes. to、yeah. feel better. Hundred percent. And I think about this all the time because, or not all the time, but I had this conversation with one of my groups yesterday. We were talking about like what what you have in your toolkit to make you feel better. And for me. I used to just get into these spirals of like, you know, one thing would go wrong, and I'm like, it's over, it's over, it's over. My business sucks. I'm a failure, and then <laughs> just be there. And actually, what I do usually now when I'm feeling low is I reach out to you,、um, and that is my. It's like you're my pet. You're more my pet talk person than anything, you know. And like you being able to phrase something for me, it really is. It comes back to our theme of like using different words to reframe a situation to make me.、Correct. Feel a different way about it, like saying that you know it's going to be a lot better by next week, and then I'm not in this like it's over, it's over, it's over. I'm like it's going to be better by next week, you know, and then it changes <laughs> my whole perspective on things. Well, I, I want everybody to understand that Alex doesn't use me as a crutch. Alex <laughs> actually uses me as SOS whenever she needs it, but. When I deal with Alex, I actually don't tell her what to do. I just bring her a new perspective,、mm -hmm. and then she actually changes her mind.、Yeah. So I ask her certain questions, and I bring about certain thought I, thoughts. So it kind of makes her think a different way, and then she's like, "Actually, yes, that's there. I've、mm -hmm. done that. You know what? Yeah, I was feeling better when I did that." So I keep、yeah. on. Reminding Alex, or I kind of make Alex accountable for what's happening around her, and then re-looking at it from a different perspective, so she gets a different insight within herself. Not because I've told her the new insight, but because I want her to incite a new ideology or a new way of thinking of a problem. So now the problem isn't a problem because I've done a solution. Yeah,、mm -hmm. I found my own solution within myself. I've、mm -hmm. just gotten、uh, my healer, who kind of just poked me in the right direction, right? Without giving you all the information, I just poked you in the right direction. Correct? Yeah.
that little push towards the right direction makes everything feel better. And it's, it's easy. I mean, even if Alex asks me, you know, Dan, I'm feeling really bad and I'm not good. And just by me saying, don't worry, next week, things are going to be better. She already relaxes. So you can get that with anybody. Moms are really good with this. A lot of moms say this too, right? Whenever, you know, we, we've not won an award or we, we didn't do so well on a spelling bee or I'm really old spelling bee. What am I doing? Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> you're not old. Um, you're ripe. I'm ripe. Yes. I must change my words. I'm right. Um, that my mother probably would have, you know, she would say, Hey, this is just one, one spelling bee. There's always another. We always do better. We do the best we can. So those words of wisdom stick with us. That's also a mother or a father even. You know, it could be a father also or grandparents or an uncle or aunt, anybody. But these words of wisdom are there to just make us know that we're worthy of making better happen in our life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I hope that resonates. But again, words. So yeah, just like Alex just corrected me from old to right. Um, and some people might say, well, I don't know about ripe either, Dan. I think ripe might be a little, a little too, <laughs> a little too fruity. <laughs> and and uh, maybe we could come up with a better word. But you think about what the better word for you is. Does that make sense? If you feel mm -hmm. that this is a better word for myself, or this is a better word that makes me feel yes. a little bit more uh, comfortable, then I use that word because it makes it feel better. Mm -hmm. Not because it's positive or negative, but I feel better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so let's, let's look at words differently from now on and change our perspective. And that doesn't mean that I sit there and every time I speak, I think about seven different words or I thesaurus a word to understand that what I need to say. No, I'd look at it and say, is this, you know, am I impacting myself in the wrong way? And it takes 30 seconds to just rethink it and say, hey, you know what? Actually, this is what it is. And this is not wishful thinking. This isn't you kind of psyching yourself out to be better about yourself. No, this is you being accountable and saying, mm -hmm. I need to start programming myself differently with the words I use, with the stories I see, with the books I read. Yeah, how are these things programming me? How's the news programming me? How's social media programming? How are my friends programming me? You know, are the is their program happening? I think everybody, uh, without knowing that, they do do this. So I know I have. Uh, I'll give you an example in my life. I was with a, a very close friend of mine a few weeks ago, and uh, I was speaking about something that was happening with another friend and uh, he just says does it matter in the scale of life does this really matter and then i said well in the scale of life it doesn't make a difference at all then he's like why are we putting energy into it then he's not a healer he's my best friend but those are his words of wisdom and i said well you know what you're right I need to ask myself that from now on, whenever I get into this kind of thought process, does it matter? So then now I'm checking myself on uh, 
certain things, certain ways of looking at life and certain ways that I'm dealing with situations in life. Because everything, everything that we go through right now, everything that we feel right now is supposed to happen, be it good or bad. And because it's happening to us, how do we now take care of it? Be it a bad situation, be it a good situation, but how do I take care of it? Do I proactively do this or do I passively do it? I was speaking to a client earlier today and, you know, um, she was having little issues with a family member and said, well, what is the issue? And she was looking at security for herself. So I said, well, why not just get it done now? Why are we waiting for five years down the line or 10 years down the line? If you feel like you need to be secure, be secure now. Why wait? Why preempt it? And she's speaking to me because she wants to know about the future. And I said, the future doesn't matter here. What matters is you need to feel secure. So let's do what you need to do now to feel secure. Changed her perspective and she says, yeah, actually, I'm going to do that. I'm going to make sure I take charge of the situation instead of making it a problem. Her family member was not understanding what her emotional need was. And my point to her is, do you need the family member to do that? Do you need them to understand your emotional needs? She goes, yeah, because it's, you know, have an expectation of what the future needs to be. And I said, that's the problem. Don't have the expectation of the future. And that need to make that person understand goes out of the way, goes out of the bubble altogether. She goes, actually, yeah, if I don't think about the future, and the expectation of the future, yeah, why would I need to worry about what they need to do right now? So I said, cool, and let's not do that. Well, let's yeah. use you as an example or a guinea pig right now. Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Okay. Alex has a big project that she's working on right now, a couple big projects. The projects haven't come out yet, but Alex already thinks that she's not good enough. She already <laughs> thinks it sucks. And I was like, but who told you it sucks? <laughs> so Alex already, Alex has already decided or preempted things by saying it sucks. And I was like, who told you it sucks? So nobody told me it sucks. I'm just telling you that it sucks. And I said, but what it, what's making you feel that way? I mean, she's, she's gotten a lot of doors closed. And I was like, yeah, but as many doors close, we just need one door to open up. And once that one door opens up, that's all that matters. But we don't focus on the door shutting. Mm-hmm. And we don't focus on, you know, we focus on what we have to do now. You shut that door. That's okay. I can get another door open. I'll get many doors open. I'll get enough doors open till I'm satisfied. But I'm not going to open up one door and say, or knock on one door and wait for that door to open and then don't knock on 20 other doors. It's like going trick-or-treating. When you go trick-or-treating, you ring the doorbell and they don't have candy at this. You go to the next door and you get the candy from the next door. But if you see the person come to the door and start giving out candy, you come back to that door and go to that door again and ask for the candy. It's, <laughs> isn't that correct? That's correct, right, Alex? It's not like you're going to be like, oh, well, they didn't open it up for me, so I'm not going to go back and ring the doorbell again. You're going to be like, no, I want that chocolate. I'm going there. I'm going to get the chips. I'm going to get the bubble gum. (laughs) Correct, right? Is this a correct situation? 
okay, so if that's the correct situation, when it comes to when we want something or need something to happen, why don't we do the same thing? When it comes to your work and stuff like that, but maybe yeah. not when it comes to personal, not when it comes to, you know, I see somebody that I like and I keep on harassing them. Well, maybe that's, that's not the thing to do because once a person tells you no, that means no. Yeah, yeah. That if they don't like you, they don't like you. You move on, you go to the next, you go to the next. Until somebody says, yes, they do like you, right? But yeah, I, I, and I see it a lot, exactly what you're describing in after being in the yoga world for so long. Um, and people come out of yoga teacher training. This is the great, a great example. People come out of yoga teacher training and it takes a really long time to build momentum as a new yoga teacher. And you're going to have classes when people don't show up. I had a season in my life in Abu Dhabi where it, it was like probably a six month period where zero or one person would come to my class and I would still go every single time because this is what I do. Like, this is what I do. Even I was making no money. This is yoga is what I do. And I think there's so many new teachers who come out of yoga teacher training and don't realize how much resilience that's going to take of, it is like a little rejection, you know, and you have to keep going. Um, it's kind of like the same thing. But Alex, that class mattered that one person mattered. Mm -hmm. And you're like, because of that one person, I'm going to do what I need to do for that one person. It doesn't make a difference if it's no people or one person or five people, regardless of what it was. Yeah. You, took, you took it and said, hey, I'm going to do this the best way I need to do it. And the thing is, everything grows. Everything has to grow. Mm -hmm. A lot of us are lucky that it grows from day one, but sometimes it takes a couple of steps before it can grow. It takes a couple of watering before it can grow, some fertilizer, some love, some sunlight, and then it could grow. You know, there's, uh, I guess we're going to have a gardening show too soon. <laughs> <laughs> but when, when you, I think this is with everything, actually. If everybody kind of uses this philosophy of saying, hey, it's okay to allow things to happen when they need to happen, but I also have to be proactive enough to be consistently doing it every day to get to where I need to get to, to move yeah. to wherever I need to move to and go wherever I have to go. Like Alex did whatever it needed, needed to happen for her to get herself into Indonesia in Bali. And she did it, and she did it on her terms. She didn't do it on anybody else's terms. There are a lot of hurdles and bumps <laughs> on the way, be it where do I stir, store my furniture or <laughs> what do I do with my cat? There's a lot of different things that were, that were little hurdles that had to happen, but now mm -hmm. she's happy. She's in a thriving area in her life. Things are just transforming yeah. and manifesting and happening the way they need to. But she also needs to go through the action steps to make things happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, it'd be wonderful if she just opens up her eyes and everything's just in front of her the way she really needs it. But if she does open her eyes correctly, she can see that everything is in front of her the way she needs it. So I think that uh, more than anything else, I think I'm, I'm accountability coach most times for you, mm -hmm. Alex. And I give you, mm -hmm. uh, my lessons are more about you being aware of what's around you and your surroundings. 
to work, work those areas a little stronger to make things happen. And again, back to words, when we're, when we're talking to ourselves or we're talking to others also that we need to think about the words we put out there and how we program somebody. I remember a few years ago on my birthday, I'm so self-obsessed. I, I put up a picture of myself on my birthday and I'm happy. Self-obsessed is good, actually. It's a good <laughs> word for me. I'm happy with it. Um, I put up a picture and somebody, I said something and then this person says, yeah, and something about being vain thing me being vain and I looked at it and I said actually vanity is not a bad word to me vanity is a good word mm -hmm. I'm happy to be vain I'm proud to be vain it's fine yeah if I told you my trauma that I had while I was growing up and how I didn't think about looking at myself the way others looked at me and I didn't think of myself yeah as being attractive then vanity is a amazing superpower i have right now because it demolished all that trauma that i had while i was growing up so i am vain i'm gonna make a t-shirt on white with black writing saying i'm vain <laughs> the next time we have a podcast i'll just be wearing that t-shirt but i don't i don't look at it as a bad word i look yeah. at it as well i mean there's a reason why we have the word uh and it's okay vanity is part of our life you know, we, we have celebrities who live off of vanity, right? Because they're taking pictures, selfies, and everybody's consuming them on different apps and social media. It's fine. The word's not that bad. It's a good word. So I utilize it. But I utilize it in my terms. I listen to that word and make it part of me the way I want it, not the way the other person defines it. Just like we started, when it comes to emotions, I define it as a beautiful word or emotional. I don't mm -hmm. define it as something that's creating a lot of trauma in my life. Yeah. So you define your, you define your word, but make sure those I words you use are going to be words that uplift you uh -huh. and keep you in your spirit and keep you in kindness and keep you in love and keep you in happiness and even if you're sad and you're fearful and you're upset let me use the words that articulate what i'm going through right now but also heal me at the same time and not destroy me correct correct <laughs> um i have a question for you yeah. What are your general predictions for like the world in the next uh, little period of time? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to say this with a lot of love and a lot of compassion. Please wear a mask. Wear a mask. Just please, you know, just please wear a mask. I think that if we're in um, group settings and you're not eating and uh, you're very close to a lot of people, I'll just say wear a mask because we don't know uh, where that person's been, what the person's done. And it's not about them being diseased or anything. We don't know what particles are going with that. So I, I remember when um, I used to travel maybe five, six years ago that people would be wearing masks. And I'd be like, why are they wearing masks? But I understand that there's a lot of communities and a lot of religions that also wear masks. Uh, because they don't want to hurt, harm the organism, 
organisms. Uh, yes, in the air. So they wear masks, so they don't, they're not breathing them in. So they're protecting them and protect, not protecting themselves, but they're protecting them. So I would probably tell everybody, mask up for the next few months. I know that it seems like we've kind of gotten out of uh, the worst of the situation. Um, but I feel that we need to always be resilient from now on. We need to be uh, precautious and we have to think about not only ourselves, but everybody else. And, and yeah, mask up. I think uh, it's a very important thing uh, for all of us to keep on doing, even if you're if you're you've been told that it's okay not to wear a mask i still think it's important to wear a mask especially while we're on public transportation while we're in supermarkets while we're at movie theaters i just think it might be a good idea to have that on when you're in a personal space or private space not at all i mean it's fine but my predictions for the next few months are it's abundant there's a lot of things that can happen right now there's a lot of newness in the world right now. There's a lot of um, new adventures. There's a new love language that's gonna start happening. A love language that you not only speak to yourself, but to your other, to others and also to loved ones. So I feel like there's a bunch of newness and, and I really feel like it's the year of love and the year of kindness. I said this earlier to Alex, I said, you know, it's the year of kindness and we need to be kind to ourselves and to everyone else. But I also feel like there's a lot of love out there. There's a lot of love and we all need to do our part in this love language where we not only are we giving love to ourselves, but we give love to everybody else. Like when we greet somebody, do we greet them with love and do our eyes just glimmer with happiness when we see the person? Do we express ourselves in our true sense of expression? Do we, are we telling things transparently to people? Are we honest? So I kind of feel like there's a, I think a lot of people have decided to change the way that they deal with everything. And that life has taken a new meaning of rejoice and also be accountable for not only your own actions, but for everybody else's actions. Uh, there's a lot going on in the world. I really wish uh, we can all just have this collective consciousness of peace and just send it out to the countries that need the peace and the people that are there. And also maybe the leaders giving them some peace too, to say, hey, maybe we don't have to do it this way and we can find another perspective, another way of looking at things to give the organizations in the world that can actually make a difference in the world some sort of energy to say hey let's step in now and not after the trauma or the devastation or the triggering is done let's step in from day one not let's not step in in day thousand two thousand five thousand let's step in in day one um so my prediction for this rest of this year is it's abundant um, I do feel that, that from a, from a precaution point of view, everybody must do their part and emotionally, mentally, physically, and financially, there's a lot of growth that's happening within these next few months within, I'd say June to 
uh, November, you'll see a lot of growth in these areas of your life. And it's going to be, it's going to be brilliant. It's going to be beautiful. But love is in the air. Yeah. And that doesn't necessarily only mean that to find somebody's coming into your life for love and stuff like that, but there's a lot of love that's going to happen and you're going to feel so in love and the little things are going to matter more than the bigger things. Yeah. Life's going to give you newness. You just have to be able to accept it. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> Love it. What a, what a great note to that's end gonna, on. That's going to be a new product that Alex is going to come out with, with this in the, you know, fall of uh, 2022. I love it. Love it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> T-shirts, jackets, caps available on the Mindful Life Practice website and on the Sober Girl Insta site coming this fall season. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was great, Alex. I hope this conversation we had today helps as many people as it can. And I know that all of our journeys just need a little change of perspective, a little change of words, and a little change of emotions. So if we can change, then we can open up so much newness within our life. Yeah. Love it. Thank you so much, Dan. Thank you for being on the show to celebrate my Dan anniversary. And if anyone is listening to this episode and you are interested in learning more about what Dan does, he can do one-on-one sessions, which can be booked through the mindful life practice. So I'll pop the link in the, in the episode bio, I think like 90% of the mindful life practice people have had a session with Dan, like (laughs) he's a popular guy. So, uh, yeah, definitely check it out. And uh, we should do an event soon. We did a couple of retreats together in the fall. And then back when I was in Dubai, we should we should get one going. I think that would be cool. Yeah, let's let's go. I'm I'm open to it, but I want you all to just live in your bliss, understand your bliss, follow your bliss. I'm not gonna say love it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well. All right. Lots of love to you, Alex, and lots of love to everybody else. And God bless. Thank you, Dan. I'll see you soon. Yes. Bye. Bye. Hi, friend. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sober Yoga Girl Podcast. This community would not exist without you. So thank you for being here. It would be massively helpful if you subscribe to this show and leave a review so that we can reach more people. And if we haven't met yet in real life, please come hop on Zoom at the Mindful Life Practice because the opposite of addiction is connection. Sending you love and light wherever you are in the world.